0: when do you believe you know at this at this time we're on October of 2023 when do you feel uh, <laughs> <laughs> welcome Enthusiast Gaming Podcast, where today we're going to be discussing a variety of topics, mainly modern versus retro stuff. Before we get started, just a couple of quick bits of housekeeping. Um, I'm joined by Wes, as always. Thank you for joining me today.
1: Of course, my friend. How are you?
0: I'm doing great, man. Wes, where can people find you?
1: You can catch me on Instagram at grendel 5 xbx or you can catch me at the Level Up Entertainment in the Hamilton Mall in the Atlantic City area of South Jersey, if you're ever in the area.
0: I'm Matt. You guys can follow me at from NJ2CA over on Twitter. The two is the number two. You guys can also follow the company on at uh, on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. We're on all those things. Please make sure you follow us there. Don't forget to like and subscribe to us over on YouTube. And if you really want to support us, that's done over on Patreon. Patreon.com slash You guys can support us for as little as $1 a month to get exclusive content. And you can also get shoutouts like a shout-out for this month, Bernardo. Thank you for supporting us, Bernardo.
1: Bernardo, yes. Yeah, thank you so much, man. It's uh, We definitely appreciate you.
0: Wes, the main topic here in the beginning of the show is when did retro gaming stop and modern gaming start? Mm-hmm. This is, you know, something that's kind of going to be fluid. It's going to change over time, of course. Um, or some people just have hard stops. Like some people would say the day that CDs began being printed and cartridges stopped. Would be, you know, the end of the yeah. retro period. But Wes, in your opinion, when did retro gaming stop and modern gaming start? Oh,
1: man. That's a tough question.
0: It is a tough question.
1: It is. A, that's a real tough question. Uh, so, because technically, retro is anything that's not now.
0: Some so could say.
1: Which is true. So, I mean, if you really want to talk about it, it is... PS4 and Xbox 360, you know, th- are those considered retro? Yeah, but, it's
0: debatable for sure. But what what definitely. what
1: is your opinion? <laughs> so That's all my, that matters right now. All right. So my opinion, I would say, retro gaming stopped at the Dreamcast. Okay. I, I would I would I would say Dreamcast N sixty four PS one kind of stopped the retro error for me.
0: For clarity, are you saying that Dreamcast PS1 N sixty four was the end of that error or the, the beginning of the modern error?
1: I would say that's the end of that error, of the retro error, and then I would say the modern error began with GameCube, Xbox, PlayStation 2. Okay. Like I said, that's a loaded question, man, because technically those are still, on on a collector's front, those are still considered retro. But, I'm just throwing my opinion, and that's all it is is my opinion, I think Dreamcast ended the retro
0: game era.
1: Now I'm going to dig a little bit
0: deeper. Okay. Why do you feel that? or is it just is it just like a gut feeling like oh this is like could you try to explain to me why you believe that man you getting complicated <laughs> no oh, this is going to be an easy episode
1: ooh so oh man so for, for me it's more of it has a lot to do with the technology you know because with the rise of the Xbox we got more into modern technology with the online gaming you know HD was a big thing uh, you know so that that kind of started to, sh- to shift from retro to modern for me
0: i like that as an idea so, so it's almost like okay well we started using component like we really started using component cables during like the Xbox era there was even component cables on GameCube and PS2 i know mm-hmm. cuz i have them so you're considering like that this the first like i know it wasn't true HD so don't don't like freak out right <laughs> but that, that first initial step into a better fidelity of con you know going from four eighty i to you know four eighty p or seven twenty p whatever we could push on those TVs mm-hmm. was you know that to you was the beginning of things changing.
1: Yes. Yes. I like that. Yeah that's so that's that's for, again for me that's that's where I, that line is you know plus two you know if if you go and you pick up like a retro system that has you know all built-in games. It's like they stop at a certain system. Most likely, they stop at N64, Dreamcast. Um, you know, and that falls under the retro umbrella. But like I said, that's my opinion. That's a that's a tough one. But I you know I'm 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 really curious to to see what everybody else thinks. So please comment. Um, I'm really I'm dying to know your feedback. But your turn. <laughs>
0: So, so yes, definitely drop a comment and let us know what you guys think about this because there's going to be a variety of opinions, I'm sure. Um, Man, you gave me a really good answer, though. Like, you're almost, like, making me second-guess oh. myself because I, <laughs> I came in here, like, just, like, strutting my shit. Like, I got this answer. I knew this answer for a <laughs> long... You could ask me this a week ago. I would tell you the same answer. But that was a really good answer, Wes. Like, especially the why. Like, that, mm-hmm. that cut-off point of, like, our, we're using different cables. Yeah, we still have CRTs, but we're using, you know rgb cables component cables we're using s video cables we're getting a better resolution out of these systems i like that yeah but and also too
1: you know i mentioned online but you know yet yeah, the dreamcast kind of ventured into online gaming but the the xbox and ps2 that was it really started to push that envelope so it did yeah so that's go ahead i didn't mean to cut you off, but i had There's to throw that animal. in there
0: you just give me more to think about. You're killing me because I was so confident <laughs> at first. And now, like, this is the best explanation I've had talking to anyone about, you know, different cutoff points for modern and retro. I'll give you mine. It's not going to be as pretty. Um, <laughs> I mean, I would probably say retro is like. It's, it's hard. It's more of a feeling for me than anything. Okay. It's less. It's less. Of something I could express to you in words. Like PS4, Xbox One, they're still too new. Correct. You, you could classify them under retro. Some people would. I'm not quite there yet. Okay. 360, PS3, Wii, that's retro to me. Even even Wii U, just because that system is so bizarre and like such a a blunder on Nintendo's part that you know some of that stuff is already harder to get. So I would definitely put that stuff in my opinion in the retro camp. Like the Wii is from what two thousand and the hell year did that come out? Two thousand and eight? Something like that?
1: Something like that. Two thousand seven, two thousand eight, yeah.
0: No, no, it was earlier. No, it was, earlier. What?
1: It was earlier.
0: It was like two thousand and five or six, I think. So you're talking like, dude, that, that system's gonna be twenty years old in a couple more years, man.
1: <laughs> that's crazy
0: isn't isn't it so yeah that that system those systems are retro to me when I when I find what retro games in the wild when I find like you know at a pawn shop or goodwill or something mm-hmm. I find like Wii games and 360 games and stuff that stuff feels retro to me it's like oh sweet sounds some some old school games I can go just about anywhere and probably find a couple of PS4 or Xbox One games I'm just like ah yeah <laughs> I don't have that feeling yet, you know. It's going to take more time. Okay. I'm sure I'm going to get there, but that also doesn't stop me from buying them. By the way, if I see PS4 games or, or something like that, oh, gonna, of course not. I'll pick them up if it's something I'm interested in. But I just don't have that nostalgic feel for it yet. It takes it takes time, guys, and that, that's my whole point in saying this is not enough time for me has passed on those consoles where the 360 we, uh, even Wii U, enough time has passed where I'm like, all right, these are these are retro to me in my opinion.
1: So are you basing it on time? Like you said I, the Wii no. is like 20 20 years so is it is it is something have to be retro if it's longer than 10 years, 15 years, 20 years? Uh,
0: it, again, to me it's just a feeling oh. and I don't have that feeling yet, so I'm sure time plays a factor in that, right? One day I'm gonna look at it and find PS4 games and be like, "Oh my god, these are awesome! These are PS4 games." You know, the same way finding like a PS1 game is like so thrilling, or like PS2 is like, "Oh, this is awesome! <laughs> these are old; they're not around." It's not something you see every. I mean, you can go to a retro game store, sure. We all know that. Mm-hmm. Like just finding them, like, like at random place, like garage sales or something. It's like, oh, this is this is this is it, you know. Um. Yeah, so okay. it's, it's a lot more feelings for me than than dates or specific amount of years have passed. Okay. Well,
1: here here's here's another thought. Um do you think age has a play in our different views because I am a little older than you, so our my experience in the in gaming is a little different than yours. So 100%. do you think so do you think that has any uh, a play in Are different views on retro. What's retro? Where did it start?
0: Okay, I think that has to do with different views, but most importantly, it has to do with two things. One is, at a system like the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, I was very, very young when I first played. That was the first system I played. It was before the NES. I have very little nostalgia for that console because of that. Where you are a little bit older, so you might have Mm -hmm. had a lot more nostalgia for the Atari Twenty Six Hundred than I have. Right. That's that's my first statement. The second statement is, the popularity of retro games. Are in 20 year cycles. The 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 people who are 20-some years old today, whatever was popular 20 years ago, is gonna be on the rise. That's how it goes. Because these kids who grew up with this stuff are finally Mm -hmm. getting like, you know, jobs that like pay them decent enough wages where they can go back and get and buy stuff. Exactly. So if you look at the modern like the history of like popularity of modern games, if you just look back 20 years, whatever was popular 20 years ago is going to be the most popular retro stuff today. Usually.
1: Okay. Bye. Right.
0: So, yeah. If, if you're out there <laughs> and you're hunting stuff, get Wii, Xbox 360, and PS3. That's going to be the next thing that people are dying for. You're already starting to see some of that stuff go up.
1: Okay. So, leading into my next question, mm-hmm. which would you prefer? Do you prefer the retro or do you prefer the modern stuff? <sighs>
0: It's not an easy episode,
1: Wes. <laughs> you hit me with the hard one first. I got to hit you next.
0: <laughs> I appreciate that because I wasn't prepared for, you know. Oh, man. What do I prefer? It's a matter of context, you know. Like, it depends. Uh, I really enjoy both. What do I play more in general? I play more modern games in general. Uh, right now. I have very limited time. Um, it's always fun to go back and play a game. Don't get me wrong. But all of that is mostly nostalgia. It's, you know, most of the games I have purchased or repurchased are games, that you know, from when I was younger. Um, and I want to go back and play those again. Like GoldenEye on N64. Dude, I'm never not going to stop playing that game. I'm going to be 90 years old and retire at <laughs> home. Busting out of N64 playing some GoldenEye. So those those hold a special place in my heart but what am i usually playing is just the new stuff because Mm -hmm. i'm trying to keep up with some things it's very difficult i'm I'm extremely busy right now so you know finding time to play anything is hard i'll give you an example what i'm playing lately is one old game and one new game and this happens very frequently so right now i'm playing a retro game i'm playing alan wake it's a modern version it's the xbox series x or you know whatever the last xbox one version of the game Mm -hmm. but it's still an old game i'm playing that when i can but the game i'm playing most consistently uh, with my daughter being around is Uh mario 3d world which is okay it's a newer game it's it's a wii u game technically but it Mm -hmm. was remade for the switch and i've been playing that more than anything else um so, I mean, I, that is, that, I guess that's kind of leaning towards retro, in my opinion, too. So, it's kind of going back in the face of what it said. But the game I played the most this year was Horizon uh, Forbidden West. Okay. So, it's really all over the place. It's really hard for me to play. <laughs> so, to not answer your question, I think I've done a good job. <laughs> okay. But I, I like both, and I'll, I'll always flow back and forth. But I, I'm mostly focused on the new newest stuff, and... I'm very choosy these days. So my time is extremely limited. Like God of War comes out in a few weeks. Call of Duty came out yesterday. I didn't pick it up. God of War comes out in two weeks. I'm not even worried about it. Because I have no time. Mm. (laughs) So I'll probably pick these games up when they're on the cheap. And when I get to them, I'll get to them. But right now, that 3D world. (laughs) That's got your attention. Dude, that's one of the best Mario games period full stop love okay. that game
1: what about you oh man um I, i'm i'm kind of like i don't want to say I'm all over the place but i enjoy modern stuff uh I'm a little bit more choosy as far as like what I'm gonna buy you know I look I'm looking forward to God of War and when God of War comes out that's all I'm gonna play um, I just picked now, up. Now, are
0: you going to open your PS5 for that game or are you going to play it on PS4? <laughs> I
1: don't know, we'll see. <laughs> I may buy both, I don't know. Um, yeah, I just bought Gotham Knights. You know, I'm playing that, I'm excited to play that. You know, when Miles Morales came out, I'm, I was excited to play that. So, I do look forward to playing modern games because uh, that's where we are, right? But, I, I I always go back to retro um i it, it's all nostalgia for me i I like popping in a game that it takes me back you know back then it's like okay I can remember where I was what I was doing at that time playing that game how I yeah. felt playing that game and I love that um but it, you know with the new games it's just it's they're very time consuming and many yes, of them are just don't really have the time like i want to to invest in them so like i play them in little in spurts whereas a retro game i could pop in and play for 15 20 minutes half an hour and and be good so it's you know i i bought a couple retro systems you know the like the all in ones with the 700 70,000 games in it and whatever and and it's it's great i could pick it up I'll say, you know what? I'm going to play this today, and I pop it in, and start playing for 20 minutes, and I'm good. I don't have an hour, two hours to sit and play Gotham Knights like I really want to. So it's, it's that's a tough choice, man. That's a tough answer. I'm, 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 uh, I'm on the fence for both. I'm on the I'll fence you, for both. Man.
0: I'm so glad you brought up the time point because that that speaks to me so much right now because I'm trying to play Alan Wake and I'm barely touching the game. The reason Mario 3D World is great is because you can get through a level in a few minutes. It only takes a few minutes. So if something comes up and I get to stop, I'm mm-hmm. done. I can save it, yep. turn it off, I'm good. Alan Wake's like, all right, did I hit a checkpoint? Can I save right now? Like, I think the save points in Alan Wake are pretty decent. But still, like, you're trying to experience the story. Go ahead and try to experience the story in 20-minute chunks. You're not going to remember shit. Like, you have to play that in, in bigger sections to remember anything that's happening.
1: You do. You definitely do because... Especially role-playing games like nowadays, it's like you 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 get to a point where there's no save point, or you have to play until you get to a save point, and then if you don't go back and play it often, you're gonna forget what you were doing.
0: That's why it took me nine months to beat For Horizon Forbidden West. <laughs> nine months because it's like I don't have a lot of time, so I had to find like these small chunks of time each time, and you know I, I put about I think over a hundred hours in the game. I don't remember exactly, but I put a lot of time in the game, but it took me nine months to beat that game.
1: Wow. <laughs> yeah, see, with me, like when God of War comes out, like when the last God of War came out, I like lost sleep because I was I was playing it. And I played it every chance I got. And I'm the type of person where if I go to sleep at night, if I wake up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, I'm awake. So I'll just, I'm up, I'll go downstairs and I'll, I'll play it for two, three hours till I get tired and I'll go back to bed and then I'll play it again. It, it, it's, it's one of those where I play it every chance I get,
0: but at the same time, I got to work.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm with you, man. Life gets in the way. If we could all just get like a steady income from the government. Like, like when COVID was happening, but just constantly. I'd have so much more free time to do this stuff. I actually want to do It'd be amazing.
1: I know, man. You know, I, I miss the days of a, being a game tester because we got paid for playing games and it was just it, it was enjoyable. We stayed home and played games. <laughs> Tell us what you
0: think, dude. That's incredible. What? What? Where did you do that? Because I'm not even familiar with this.
1: Oh, I, I did it for for a claim a couple times. Oh, you did?
0: Mm-hmm. That's awesome, man. I didn't know that. Do they send like? Did you have to go somewhere? Or did they just send you the game to your house and you would like test it from them there?
1: Because they were in like I think Oyster Bay, New York. Okay. They were they would prefer if you went to their facility, you know, but there were chance, there was times that I didn't, I couldn't get up there. So, you know, we, in the store, we had, uh, we had our acclaimed rep. It mm-hmm. was really cool. And, and he would, he would send me a game. He's like, oh, you know, I'll put you on the list. And, you know, I understand you're so far and we'll send it to you and you can play it and test it. And you'd have to, you know, write a report of how you felt and what, what was working, what wasn't working. But you know, that's it was. Awesome.
0: The, I never knew you did that. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, I did it for a couple games, but it was like, man, if we could get paid just to play games, I mean, e- esports—that's what they do. They're, that's the big thing now. They're like
0: master crafts. I mean, they're, they're like, <laughs> you know, a step away from athletes. You know, they're like, you know, almost on the same level. It's it's super competitive. Mm-hmm. Like the, the problem I have with esports is all the rampant cheating that happens and like the bullshit that <laughs> just <kind> of, like. <laughs> Dude, if that was happening, the NFL, the NFL wouldn't exist. Like every time somebody's called cheating, it's a huge scandal. Oh, and like in esports, I feel like somebody's called cheating like every other week.
1: <laughs> but they're getting paid to play games. True. So see, that's that's if we could if we could just stay at home and play whatever we want to play and still get paid, life would be good. Then I'd have a lot more time to play and open up some of these games that I still have on my shelf sealed.
0: <laughs> This is a great time to remind everybody to go support us over on Patreon, patreon patreon.com slash (laughs) nerdthusiast. Yes.
1: Allow me to stay home.
0: (laughs) Yes, please. We would love to just review games for you guys all day. Only you can make that happen. If you could change one thing about modern games, Wes, what would you change?
1: It would have to be the installation and the downloads. I, I, man.
0: Yeah, I mean yeah. that's a good one.
1: I, that's for me. That's if I could change one thing, I mean i I understand because the games are so are so large and it cuts down on the load times. But man, my Xbox can only take so much stuff, and you know, and I, I don't want to delete anything, and I, I already have an external hard drive, but it's just and then there's patches, and that's why I was never a big PC gamer. Yep. For that reason alone. Installation, and patches, and updates, and I, I don't, I ain't got time for all that. I just want to pop it in and play. So that's the one thing I would change.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, that might be mine also. I mean, that, the installation the sitting there, it's like, oh, I'm so excited to play this game. You pop it in, it's like, 70 gigabytes, approximate <laughs> time, 33 minutes. It's like great. I guess I'll go have lunch somewhere and come mm-hmm. back to my house and see if this game is done downloading. You know, or whatever the example is, but the, the patches and that stuff are ridiculous. Having to wait mm-hmm. obscene amounts of time is ridiculous. Um, I think my biggest pet peeve is is twofold. Like one is like this, the size of the hard drives that are in the consoles are not sufficient. If We're talking about Definitely. modern day consoles. Definitely you give not. Me One terabyte or less. That's nothing. That's <laughs> nothing. You know? But you I, know what? A terabyte is a lot. You think about it. It was like,
1: okay. Well, especially coming from like 360 and Xbox, they had hard drives in them. You know, and we had plenty of space on the 360 on the xbox but we
0: didn't have to install the whole game the entire the the times have changed man like you you have to get the whole game you have no choice you have to put the whole game on your hard drive um you have to download everything you have to sit there and wait and then you have a space problem where you're like well do i want to delete this well i guess i have to i need to make space for this or you buy you know i have a a farm of external hard drives connected to my systems because (laughs) i have you know all my games like being saved it doesn't even matter because on my Xbox, I have two hard drives on my Xbox. Two. Many, many terabytes. Okay. If I try to play, for whatever reason, if I try to play a game from one of those hard drives, doesn't like it. I have mm. to move the file over to my internal hard drive, which is faster than re-downloading it. I'll give it that. Right. But I have to move it over to my internal hard drive just to play it. Like, come on, man. Give me some more space. For Christ's sake, can you give me, like, I don't even want to, give me, like, a five-terabyte console. Like, why Why give people options?
1: I agree. I agree. And
0: and then Xbox, I'm going to call you bullshit on this Xbox. You have those, like, memory cards from Seagate. They're $200 for a terabyte. Are you out of your mind? (laughs) $200 for a terabyte? What are you guys smoking over there? Why did you think this was a good idea? (laughs) I can go get a solid state drive with more space on it. You know, I could probably get like a four terabyte solid state drive for $200. Why the hell would I buy a little thing with one terabyte for $200? Are you crazy?
1: But they are. And that's the thing. They are buying them.
0: I'm not buying one. them. I will. I
1: refuse to support them. I bought one. <laughs> I won't buy them out of spite. That's uh, some bullshit. I bought one. I was like, oh, man. Like my Xbox One. I was like, I'm running out of space. I was in GameStop to like, oh, go. Here, here you go. I got the hard drive. Okay. But yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah. Memory, installations, patches, patches. Oh my god. Okay. So I gotta I, I have to say my piece on patches. They suck. <laughs> they suck. Cause for what uh what was it? uh, Cyberpunk. It was broken when it came out. Come on, man. People have been waiting for this game forever. And you gotta release a broken game so they can patch it fifty billion times just to get it to work.
0: I my bigger problem isn't that there's there's so many patches or or how big the patch is initially. I mean that yes, the hard drive space matters to me and all that stuff, but it's like how many, dude. Did you, do you know how many times I have large updates to Cyberpunk? Like you're wasting. How, can you just wait 17 months or whatever it takes and make one big patch? Or I have to sit there and like re-download this and re-download mm-hmm. this and re-download this and re. Can you stop? It is annoying. I don't want to download a damn patch every time I want to play your game. That is annoying.
1: Yep, that's. I tell you, man. i said it before. That's why I, for the longest time, I stayed away from PC gaming because console. I didn't have to worry about that. Nope. I didn't have to worry about installations. I didn't have to worry about patches. I didn't have to worry about downloading anything. Pop it in. Play. I'm good. And the only anymore. company
0: who's still doing that, to an extent, is Nintendo. They're the only ones that put out, like, quality products that either have, like, a day one patch and that's it. Or, like, no. Granted, I know there's some, you know, um, offshoots to that. But for the most part, Nintendo makes quality stuff that doesn't need five billion patches. That doesn't need some gigantic file size. And I know that that's partially because of the, the style of system they have. It's you know not the most modern system, and it doesn't have a ton of space on it, and they have to kind of work within those means. But mm-hmm. Nintendo's always been that way. They've always put quality first.
1: I agree. I agree with you on that. You know, like, like uh, on the Switch, I bought the Bioshock collection because, you know, I love my Bioshock. Um, so I had to own it for everything. But it was, you know, I had to have a memory card, Okay, I, yeah. I could deal with a memory card. Their, their memory
0: cards are not proprietary, so you could just buy a generic one, like a sandbox one, and they're, they're not that expensive. They really aren't.
1: Right, no, but you had to have a memory card because you had to install you know, some of the game on the memory card, which is fine. I, I, but it was super quick, right. and I didn't have to worry about it. I did it once, and that was it. I was done.
0: Right, and there, there wasn't a new patch every other week saying, yeah. update your game, update your game, update your game, <laughs> update your game. Update your game.
1: Yes. So yes, that's that's you asked if we could change. There you go.
0: Well, I hope you like this part of the segment because you had to hear two old men bitching for the past <laughs> two <minutes> about <laughs> how this stuff has changed.
1: <laughs> have we become that grumpy old get off my lawn man?
0: <laughs> I mean, when it comes to some of the modern stuff, I think we have. <laughs> this is a perfect segue because now we're going to get into some differences of modern versus retro. Where do you want to start with this? Wes, we have a few different uh, topics to discuss in this. Mm.
1: Differences between modern and retro. Well, okay. So for me, the one main difference that sticks out is on the modern games, everything has to, it looks like ultra realistic. Like, for example, we were watching, me and my wife were watching television, and the commercial for Modern Warfare 2 came on, and she thought it was a movie. I said, no, nah, it's a game. You know, <laughs> yeah, she was dude, like, I, oh, wow.
0: I just saw something on there, and I was like, man, that looks, I was like, well, that looks really good. I had, I i double, I double looked at it. I was like, is that real, or is that a game? And I was like, oh, shit, that is a game. Like, oh, my God.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, you know, that's, that's where everything is going now, to look as real as possible, whereas, you know, retro or back in the day, you know, it wasn't so much that it was you know, I don't want to call them cartoony graphics. But you know, like, you know, we had Mortal Kombat which would had the digitized characters and stuff, but it still it didn't look like now. Right. You know? So I and think you had a lot what... of
0: people doing like, you know, yeah. like um like chibi, chibi looking graphics and mm-hmm. stuff like that, you know, that kind of art style and you know, nothing's yeah. gonna beat pixel art, man. Like pixel art looks so good, it looks so good. They'd <laughs> it, it around like CRTs. That's that's so cool. Like when you when you play a pixel art game on a CRT and it looks better than on a modern <laughs> TV, it's, like, it's just nuts. But they knew what they were doing. They dealt with what they had. You know.
1: Yeah, you know, hand drawn sprites. I miss that. I really do. Um, yeah, everything is. There's no more. There's no more of that. Where. I mean, I have to say, and I, one of my favorite games was Cuphead. and just to see Cuphead running in that cartoony style, it it was it blew my mind, and I loved every minute of it, as hard as it was. But
0: that game was hard as hell.
1: That, but again, that goes back to the like the hand drawn, you know, animation cells that that you know we had in the sixteen bit era.
0: Right. There's a you know a, a really good contrast to this is. Um, have you sp- have you played Bloodstained: Ritual of the Night? I have. That game uses, uh, you know, it's like two point five D graphics, so it's not it's not true like two D pixel art. Um, but if you if you look at that, that you know, Igarashi, you know, helped design that game, and he also was like the main creator back in Konami when they made Symphony of the Night. Mm-hmm. Dude, Symphony of the Night uses, you know, legit pixel art in a 2d plane and Mm -hmm. it looks a thousand times better than the 2.5d stuff you see in ritual of the night
1: oh symphony of the night is is gorgeous looking
0: yeah and and that stuff takes more time it's more expensive that's why people don't do it now but it's like man ritual of the night sold pretty well so i'm hoping like they have enough money where they're like all right let's just do it the way we're supposed to do it you know forget the 2.5d let's just do it on a 2d plane with real pixel art
1: yeah. Yeah, so that's 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 one big difference for me. Is is you know, everything back then everything didn't have to look super ultra realistic.
0: <laughs> no, I agree with that for sure. There there are some exceptions, you know. A lot of a lot of indie games have cool art styles and stuff like that, and they have to kind of stand out because they don't have the budgets to release some expensive triple A quality games to make it look the most realistic. So they really have to do different kinds of art styles to to get noticed, and that those things are always usually stand out a lot more than some of like the half-assed AAA games,
1: which is fine. But you know, like okay, so have you played Shadow Gangs?
0: No, no, not
1: it's better. it's it's a two D sprite drawn side scroller in the vein of Shinobi, and it, okay. it was it's great. It's it's so good. You know, and it didn't have to be like Call of Duty, realistic looking. You know, it didn't have to look like God of War. It, it it's
0: it's simple. That's awesome. That reminds me of the Messenger. Have you played the Messenger? I haven't done the Messenger. Oh my God, dude, you should play the Messenger. It, it dude. It like flips its graphics to uh uh from 8 bit to 16 bit, and it looks incredible. Both both versions. It's it's really cool. Please go check that out, Wes, as soon as you get a chance. It's probably like a $10 download. It's fantastic. Worth everything. Definitely. Imagine if they made a modern day Ninja Gaiden, but the like the retro style Ninja Gaiden. Okay.
1: I'm all about that.
0: (laughs) So good. Another thing uh, that's a pretty big difference is before we had, you know, bring the arcade experience home. Now we have fps and resolution nobody talks about bringing the arcade experience home because arcades kind of exist somewhat today but there was like a 15 or 20 year period where they were just dead and they sort of been brought back but still nobody talks about you never hear yo that new call of duty bring that arcade experience (laughs) you don't hear that no more it's all about frames per second and the resolution
1: oh without a doubt it you know it's Arcades, I think arcades are done, unless you find a retro arcade that has old school co-ops like Donkey Kong and Missile Command and stuff like that. The like the new the arcades now, they're all like prize games. You know, like a lot they, of them they, are yeah, like Dave and Buster's and you play to win prizes and stuff like that. Yeah. the arcades.
0: redemption, the redemption ones. They're, right, they're, you could. There's there's good barcades out there that you can go to. Um, or if you're if you're in Vegas, there's like a Hall of Fame pinball yeah. or something like yeah. that. Like that place looks pretty cool. We had a place in California that was awesome. It was called uh the Museum of Pinball. And that just closed like right around COVID time. And that guy mm. had over five hundred arcade cabinets and over five hundred pinball machines. So that, that place was like extraordinary. Um, Unfortunately, he sold off all his stuff and it's not there anymore.
1: Yeah, there's a there's in Asbury Park, there's a pinball museum, you know, and then you know, we got a couple retro arcades down here uh, where I am. Um, One is Starcade, you know, a bunch of pinball machines, a bunch of old school uh, coin ops, nice, you know, Killer Instinct, Mortal Kombat, uh, you know, Pac Man, Miss Pac Man. And then there's um, they just opened up one in a showboat casino called Lucky Snake, which has it's a good mix of old school pinball machines, like 50 pinball machines, a, a whole bunch of retro arcade games. But then they have like the new stuff, like the big sit down Halo games and the racing games. And then they got the redemption games, like you said. And so, I mean, our the look of the arcade has changed. And because of that, it's like you said, we no longer have that. Bring the arcade experience home, like you know. We talked about good and bad arcade ports in one of our episodes, and you know, we uh, we don't have that anymore.
0: No, but that's also because the arcade was like the standard, and now like the way everything's through computers, so it's all about you know, this God, the new God of War supposed to be able to run at 120 frames per second, which is fantastic for a console <laughs> game, but you need to have like a the right TV. You know, and you need to have the right setup to be able to do that. So it's, it's more like computers than it's ever been before. And it's,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, more complicated than it's ever been before. Um, but that's just another one of the differences we noticed. Um, another one was like headphones. I'm just going to touch on that briefly. Like nobody used to use headphones, man. Like <laughs> I know the sure. Genesis had like a headphone port. Nobody was using that shit back in the day. Now everybody uses headphones all the time for just about everything. I, I don't even like playing games without having headphones on, man.
1: Yeah, I, I to this day, and I don't really use a headphones. I mean, if I play the rare occasion I'll play online with somebody, I'll you know put my headphones on, but
0: I don't play headphones.
1: I don't use headphones.
0: <laughs> I mean, I mostly play single single player stuff, but the headphone just gives you, in my opinion, it gives you like a better spatial awareness of where things are. Um, you know, I can pinpoint things a lot quicker with headphones than with like surround sound or regular speakers.
1: Yeah. I just play my surround sound on and I'm good.
0: That works too. Another thing is the complexity of controllers. I'm sure <laughs> you've seen the changes to that over time, Wes. <laughs> oh my God. Yes, I, I
1: have. <laughs> I, you know, I, you go from the Atari 2600 with the one joystick and one button.
0: Can you and imagine? Over- pi- just imagine. Man. Just imagine. Can you, how are you going to play Call of Duty with a joystick and one button? You can't. <laughs> I guess run and shoot, like that's it?
1: You can't. It's it, Yeah, it's just, yo, it's crazy. And, you know, it's as new systems came out, the controllers added more buttons and got more complex. Um, you know. You
0: went from a D-pad to two thumbsticks? Yeah. Well, well one thumbstick with the N64 and then, you know. Too yeah, I
1: was gonna say like the, you think about the the layout of the N sixty four controller and all the buttons and everything.
0: That, that controller was, has like fifteen or sixteen buttons. That's that sounds
1: complicated. <laughs> I mean, we got used to it, but that was complicated.
0: Yeah, man. I, well, everybody who first picked up that controller hold it, held it on the outsides. <laughs> Everyone the you know, the first time you pick it up, they hold it. You see the D pad. You are like, all right, outsides. Uh, yep. No, no, it's not. It's like this. It's on the inside.
1: You know, nowadays we got you know just a standard, you know, PlayStation, Xbox controller. It's got like a whole bunch of buttons on it, and yet, you know, and then the analogs click in, and they're a, they're considered buttons now. And yeah,
0: that's that's a great point, man. Man,
1: <laughs> I mean, nothing beats Steel Battalion controller, but it, it's a long way from one button, one one button, one joystick. <laughs>
0: Now, that, that Steel Battalion controller is, like, worse than driving a car. It's like, here, listen, let me try to explain <laughs> to you how this works and what you need. Here's the manual of the game. It's like...
1: <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a difference between retro and modern.
0: <laughs> this is something that, you know, dates back, you know, quite a ways, but it's New Game Plus, And this is a feature that's just becoming more common. So this mm-hmm. is a difference because it was very uncommon, more of a niche sort of things that certain games use like Chrono Trigger to now it's in many, 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 many games. Wes, what's new game plus? How does it work? And do you, do you use it?
1: Do I use it? Maybe depending upon the game. Okay. But, but game plus was once you beat the game on, I I think it would have to be like normal or higher. You unlocked another mode, which kind of rearranged the game, um, made a little bit more harder, uh, and you can experience the game, you know, that you just beat differently.
0: But you Um, usually start out with everything that you've, you know, the way you ended the game, the way your character was at the end of the game is how you start the game. But like Wes said, it's typically harder because of that.
1: So I'm just trying to think, like, what games do I do? I did it for Dead Rising. You know, because I beat Dead Rising like multiple times, and then I always did the game plus, and I started the game with all my weapons. And um, but the game was the same. I just started at my the, at the level I ended the game with with all my weapons. But I think God of War. See, I didn't do the God of War game plus because I know that was different.
0: I I didn't check that one out either.
1: You know, um, you know. Again, it's it's turns up the difficulty a little bit, um, added some, a few different things, but it lets you experience the game slightly different i don't know how do you use it
0: no never not once never will
1: now I once you beat it you're done
0: i don't have any time man i platinum <laughs> got going back to got a war i platinum got a war by the time i got done that platinum i was so exhausted i loved that game by the time i got that platinum i was like i'm done i don't want to see this game i'm over it <laughs> going through all the valkyries doing all that bs oh my god
1: Oh, you're good, because I, I couldn't beat all the Valkyries. I was like, I'm done. I'm good. I got close enough.
0: <laughs> I love that. I, I love the game, and that's why I wanted to get the platinum. But by the time I got it all, after the grind of doing all that crap, I was just like, there's no way I'm starting this game over. Not a chance. Oh, yeah.
1: I, I, I hear you. I, I love God of War 2. Loved it. Loved it. Every minute of it. That's why I'm so excited for the sequel. But, yeah, no, once I beat it, I'm good. I, I may go back and do a few of the challenges and stuff, but i'm 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 good <laughs> i just want to experience the story
0: me too that's usually where you know once i'm through it i am on to the next thing i was like i got too much stuff to do with not enough time as it is i'm not going to replay a game not like when i was younger
1: not this definitely same. not definitely not
0: this is a huge topic that kind of goes along with the modern versus retro stuff that we've been talking about wes online versus offline gaming there's many different topics we can discuss here. Where would you like to start?
1: Oh man, <laughs> oh online versus offline. Um, I don't know, man. That's, that's 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 a good one. Well, first of all, which do you prefer, online or offline?
0: Offline. There there was a point where when I was in college, online. I would say probably for about a 6 or 7 year period was online's all I wanted to do where eventually I grew out of that and kind of went back to you know when I was younger I almost only play games offline or if there's an online component I just ignore it like for example I beat Destiny 2 when that first came out I didn't engage really with anybody I just played the game by myself I made that mm-hmm. game like a single player game even though there was other people involved I just mm-hmm. ignored them and did my own thing
1: Huh? Okay. I'm I'm kind of right there with you. I mean, I I don't have the time to to coordinate with people and 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 play online. And you know, back in the day, it was fine. You know, mm-hmm. playing you know Halo with friends. You know, everybody from the store. And,
0: Heck yeah, you know, playing, man! That was that was a blast back
1: then. It was it was great. You know, Lost Planet. You know, uh, grabbing some friends and. We all meet up, or playing Rainbow Six or Ghost Recon. It was great, but time changes and everybody's lives kind of get in the way. And it's just I, so I just I don't have the time. And, and, you know, and over the past several years, it's like just people just gotten horrible. And I just kind of really right. don't like playing with people online anymore.
0: I can't you say know. it much better than that was. But yeah. when when I was in my 20s, though, it was like, you know, we we would call each other and just be like, "Yo, hopping on Gears of War." All right, I'll be there in yeah. five minutes. Yep. Now if you were like, "Yo, I'm hopping on Gears of War," I'm like, "Okay, so what do you want me to do? I'm at work. <laughs> <laughs> you you want me to go home? You want me to clock out? Just like, you know, what are you doing on the weekend? I don't know. I'm probably watching my baby. What do you, What are you doing on the weekend? <laughs> I'm working. <laughs> i got no time, man. I wish I had no. the time.
1: I know, yeah. I know. You know, so but then you know, even if we did have the time, it's like, would we really play online? You know, going living through the whole quitters thing. You know, because you know you were winning, and then the other person on the other end would would just cut because they were losing. Yeah. yeah. I I Maybe. I just I rather play offline by myself. Let me let me enjoy my game, play at my own pace, you know, but I I miss my friends coming over and playing co-op on the couch.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I miss it too. You
1: you trash talk online. That's fine. But it's nothing like trash talking with your friend right next to you.
0: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So yeah, man, definitely, definitely offline now, but there was a period where online was, you know, a fun experience to be had. We mentioned it earlier. I'm just going to bring it back up one more time real quick. The day one patches and the constant patching makes me sick to my stomach.
1: I'm so tired of it. It's exhausting. (laughs) Gotham Knights popped it in, ready to play it. I understand I had to install it. But then it says halfway through the install, oh, there's a 30 gig update you have to do first. Mm. Okay. (laughs) Mm-mm. And the game's still broken.
0: <laughs> <laughs> one thing that goes hand in hand with that, too, is like games that are broken out of the gate. That was such a rare occurrence back in the day. And there was one game specifically, one of the Tiger Woods games, I think, it was, I want to say it was like 2008. Could be wrong about the date. But this was the first time I experienced a truly broken game, and I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't even wrap my head around how this was possible. Because this was still like a transitional period, right? This was the PS2 generation. Mm-hmm. and Or maybe it was 360. might have been 360. It was 360. Take it back. So this was like when patches first started becoming a thing. Wes, this game came out broken. Hmm. And at the time, Tiger Woods was a huge name. Massive. Mm -hmm. you basically had like a tutorial thing in the beginning and like you would start going down like a path i forget if it was the career path or whatever it was but you would try to do this like one event and you could not get past it the game would not let you go any further and i remember waiting a week for them to put the patch out to fix that like how did how did you miss this (laughs) like this wasn't like an uncommon area in the game where like this was like mm-hmm. a main path that you would most mm-hmm. normal people would play this section of the game and it was broken and I remember saying to myself at the time because this was you know again this was like 2008 was like, what if what if mm-hmm. I wasn't on Xbox Live because that was more common back then people weren't all online right like, what, what are you going to send me a new disc or was I just screwed because no no retailer is going to take back an open disc like what <laughs> I remember being so confused like how that could even happen. And now it happens very frequently. Or at least more frequently.
1: All the time, man. I just I I didn't have to worry about that back then. Pop the game in, start it up, start playing. Didn't have to worry about patches and I mean I, I, I understand the occasional glitch. I get that. But broken?
0: Yeah, no. There were some good things, too. We shouldn't just talk complete trash about online games. Like, I had some of the best experiences online playing with friends. You know, specifically, I mentioned Gears of War earlier. That first Gears of War game, dude, I played that for years with my friends. I had a blast playing that. Halo 3. Oh, dude, when Halo 3 came out, I don't even know how many hours I put into that game. Oh, yeah, I I agree. I
1: mean, you know, definitely not all... Online gaming is is bad. I cause I like you. I have fond memories of playing with you guys. Um, I, you know, playing Rainbow Six. You know, with our DM Rudy. <laughs> you know, uh, and and it was fun. It was fun. We laughed. We had a good time. And yeah, but I don't know. It's just it's, it's things
0: change. Well, the world's and, a different place now too. Back yeah, then it, it was. I feel like people in general were just having a lot more fun. And now everybody's like a miserable curmudgeon <laughs> about everything. They just want to attack each other.
1: You know, at plus two now it's like, if you don't jump online, like day one, yes. when you, when you do jump online, everybody's so much better. And so far ahead of you, it, it, it doesn't even make it worth
0: it. We spoke about modern warfare two coming out. You mentioned it to me that you picked it up already. Mm-hmm. The another reason i didn't pick it up day one is because i don't have the time to play online so i know that when i get around to that game it's going to be single player only for me which is disappointing because i really like mod, that first mod remake of modern warfare i played the hell out of that online it's fantastic but i don't have the time anymore it's going to be the single player campaign and i'll get to it when i get to it yeah
1: yeah and you know then when you do play online like everybody's going to be all like super leveled up and you're going to be at like level one
0: <laughs> i'm going to be getting my ass handed to me i was like i don't want to do with that man. you're going to know all the maps you know where to go you know you know where this shit is where people respawn from whatever i don't need to get over at home like a month or two later
1: that's my fear man that's my fear of jumping back online <laughs> it's like everybody's be so much better than me
0: what, well we, we talked about the the feelings of playing online with your friends and that's fantastic to me couch co-op was even better playing locally with those people mm. like you said earlier talking trash when they're right next to you is totally different it's so, <laughs> so <laughs> exhilarating just to be like <laughs> talking trash like yeah hey, exactly <laughs> <laughs> i mean you're, it's fun. not a, it's not all fun times sometimes you're on the, the other end of that but Oh, of course, of course, it's, it's still like all in good fun at the end of the day.
1: It is like playing madden. It's like, yo, why are you looking at my moves? <laughs> why are you looking at my plays?
0: <laughs> Stop screen watching, man,
1: <laughs> you know, you know playing fighting games, uh you know, me and my friend uh Roberto would come over, and we would just sit and play fighting games all day long, and we'd just be battling back and forth and it was great, it was great. <laughs>
0: I remember seeing something on uh, was like on Twitter, somewhere on the internet, and it was from you know probably from like the the nineties or early two thousands, and these these people were playing GoldenEye, but to stop the screen watching, they put like cardboard pieces that like stuck out of the screen, (laughs) and then there was like two people at a higher level and two people Uh, at a lower level, so they couldn't screen watch. I was like, oh man, the (laughs) shit we went through to stop people from cheating back then. I know, (laughs) I know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, Sega tried to stop that with the vmu with the little screen so they really couldn't see mm-hmm. you know but you know what that was that was part of the experience
0: it was part of the experience the vmu was so ahead of its time it's remarkable though that thing was so smart man
1: it was it was but you know it's like yeah you nudged know, stop looking at my screen man stop looking at my plays
0: <laughs> <laughs> good times my friend good times west how has video game content evolved over time? Oh man, um, man, you hit me with all these like tough questions.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. So for me, um, you know, I see the rise and demise of like video game magazines. you know um they were all over the place you know that's how we got our gaming news you know prior to the internet you know it was all about the game magazines the previews the tips and tricks on how to beat certain things and the cheat codes and you know and that that was that was like how we got our content and it was it was fantastic it was it was a thing and then it started to slowly die because of the rise of the internet and everybody would just go online and so then the gaming magazine kind of went you know just kind of disappeared um you know it, it was you know there were a whole bunch of them you know Die Hard, Game Fan Magazine which I loved, EGM, you know then Game Pro, and then we had Official Xbox Mag which gave us playable demos. The PlayStation magazine gave us playable demos. So again, so we were it was it was great because it was try before you buy type thing. And it was it was it was good. I mean, demos still exist. They're digital. They do. But
0: to some extent. you
1: know, um, you know and, and and but that for me that's that's the one thing that definitely evolved as far as game content and how it's delivered.
0: Yeah, magazines certainly, uh, you know, I'm nostalgic about that. There's a guy watching the internet who, he does a couple different things, but like one of the big things he does is like, he goes over video game magazines and he'll talk about different sections and show you guys videos and stuff. Uh, His his website or his YouTube channel is Classic Gaming Quarterly. And I like that a lot because the dude's like just calm and chill and he's just talking to you about you know, whatever the content is in the magazine. And he was, you know, obviously younger but alive during that time. and can give you some more context as to what was happening with these games. And, you know, many times he shows your gameplay. Those are some of my favorite videos on YouTube. And they're very, like, you know, not too complicated. He's capturing some gameplay. He's showing you the magazine. Um, not saying it's not time-consuming. It does take time to make all that stuff. But mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's, it's not incredibly difficult to do as long as you have the right tools. And going back and checking out those magazines is awesome, man. It's an awesome nostalgia hit. And I got rid of all of my magazines for the most part. I have hardly any uh, left. Real, so,
1: oh, man. I I still have a good majority of all my gay magazines. I just, I'm like a pack rat, man. I can't get rid of nothing. Because I like to, every now and then, I'll go back and revisit, just kind of remember where I, we came from. Um, like I was reading Next Gen Magazine and the Dreamcast was like their feature story and they were previewing, you know, all the games that were coming out at launch and, you know, talking about the system and it was just, it was, I love going back and looking at all those and and reliving that time.
0: It was was fun. It was fun. Game magazines were great. I look forward to every issue. I would go to the store and pick up, you know, it started out with like game pro that was like the first one i subscribed to i had game pro mm-hmm. um nintendo powers i never i had a subscription to that at some point but not like early on like nintendo power would be like i would pick it up at a store randomly like oh it's a cool issue of nintendo power mm-hmm. and i got into game pro then during like the n64 era i was picking up all sorts of magazines i couldn't even tell you what it was there was like an Unofficial N sixty four magazine that I absolutely loved. <laughs> they had like high gloss pictures. It was like super nice, but that was like a random magazine that like was only around during the heyday of the N sixty four and then disappeared a few years later. And you know, the demos were awesome. Like especially like that PS two, Xbox one or mm-hmm. sorry, original Xbox and like three sixty era. Getting those demo discs was something awesome. You know, checking yeah. out games for the first time on there. The 360 had uh, exclusive rock band tracks on one of them, and that was awesome to get. They were from, like, uh, developers of the game, like, their Mm -hmm. bands were on there. But there were some cool tracks in there. Like, getting getting extra tracks just because you bought the magazine was, like, that's so cool, man. That's amazing. (laughs) Imagine if you bought a magazine and you got, like, you know, extra download packs in Call of Duty or extra fighters in, Mm -hmm. in a fighting game that's pretty much what it was
1: yeah yeah I oh man I remember those those are great but I I think one of my favorite at that time gaming magazines was die hard game fan magazine because it, it they covered they had a section that covered just importing games um you know okay. like news news in Japan and I was big in the importing back then like I everybody knows um, and it it, it kind of gave you a look on what's coming or what's being talked about in Japan, um, what's hot in Japan, uh, you know, and they reviewed a lot of import stuff. So when I, I at the time I was buying tons of import games, it, it helped me with my decision making because you couldn't get your hands on it. You know, internet kind of didn't exist, right, so you had
0: to read I, it all.
1: Yeah, so I had to rely on them to say, okay, this is worth spending the extra cash to import this if you're into that type of thing.
0: Yeah, I can see that being one of your favorite magazines for sure.
1: It was great, man. I love that magazine. I love that magazine. But, you know, and it, it just as, you know, we love the magazines and they died, you know, so did the strategy guides. Man, strategy guides were the, they were it back in the day. If we can call that back in the day.
0: <laughs> so strategy guides still exist today. They're on a less, a far smaller scale than what they've ever been before. They make them for usually RPGs now. There's probably a handful that come out every year, as opposed to you know when when you and I worked together back in the day, there was a strategy guide for everything. It didn't everything. matter. It didn't matter what dumpster fire you put out. There was a strategy guide for that game, and it was our yep. job to try to get you to buy it. It doesn't matter what the <laughs> game. Was.
1: Yep, and there, and there were multiple copies or multiple publishers putting out guides for the same game so for example final fantasy 7 i think there were like seven or eight different strategy guides for final fantasy VII, and they were all put out by different
0: people again yeah, some would be better than others so it was always like a crapshoot you know sometimes you'd buy the Prima one and that would be the best one sometimes you buy the brady games one and that's mm-hmm. the best one mm-hmm. some it wasn't always it was not likely most of the time but sometimes you'd even get the official nintendo magazine and that one or Strategy guide, and that would yep. actually be the best one, even though most of the time I would say that's not correct. Like, you, usually <laughs> the other ones were, were better than the, the Nintendo ones for the most part.
1: Well, I, yeah, that back then they would entice you to buy their strategy guide with like artwork, a poster, um, mm-hmm. the little, little things to you know, high gloss pictures yep. to kind of make them stand out over the competition. But man, strategy guides were everywhere, everywhere.
0: Just going back to magazines briefly, I always liked, like the tips and tricks section too, because it's kind of along the same lines as strategy guide but like, yep. the tips and yep. tricks were always awesome. like, you can't tell me when you were playing GTA 3 on PS2 that you did not put in cheat codes because you're a liar. That's what you <laughs> are, sir. A liar. 99.9% <laughs> of all people who touch GTA 3 use those cheat codes. I think everybody used cheat codes. Yeah. It's like, I need a gun. You put, you do some crazy thing with your fingers. I couldn't even tell mm-hmm. you what it was now, but I, I had it memorized. It was like, <laughs> boom, have every gun. <laughs> there like, you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: There you go. And I, I remember because the magazines, some of them were sealed like polybagged, but most mm-hmm. of them weren't. And then you'd have the, the little kids with the little pen and paper. Sitting on the floor, copying down all the codes, <laughs> all the, and, the codes the tri- and stuff. Trick,
0: yeah, the tricks and the tips, no doubt. Uh, yeah, like nowadays, <laughs> if strategy guides were still a thing. Like, commonly, people mm-hmm. would just go in there with their cell phones and be like taking a picture of like whatever they needed help with, whatever like, they needed. Yep, right. Yep. Well, we we don't have that because we have YouTube now. They'll just watch a video and like, oh, that's what I do. All right. <laughs>
1: So with the rise of internet, you had GameFAQs, which is a website. It's a cool website, you know, that you can go and type in a game, and they would give you, you know, a walkthrough on the entire game. You know, and if you got stuck, you just look at your section. So with with stuff like that, and like you said, YouTube, it just, uh, you know, who needs a strategy guide when I can just go online and get it for free?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that started to put a dent in there, and you got like like IGN has like a wikis page, and there's all these wikis for like things because they're basically like digital versions of strategy guides. So I can kind of see why those died, but they are coming back. Like I mentioned earlier, there's independent um, places that are doing this. There's independent people mm-hmm. making like hand drawn strategy guides, which are super super cool. Limited run games just announced they're making um, press run. Press Run is a physically printed, you know, press of essentially strategy guides and different books related to video games. Mm -hmm. And I think their first issue is coming out pretty soon. Um, So there's things like that. Magazines in America are mostly dead, except for Game Informer. But if you go to places like the UK or, you know, over in Europe, they do. Magazines are actually doing pretty decent uh, as far as i understand in like the uk like they're they're surviving which is crazy it's crazy to think about
1: that is crazy huh
0: but i would love to go there just to see like what their gaming magazines look like today like that's amazing like because we only get game informer that's it right
1: yeah i wonder if like in japan if there's still like game magazines that are being published on a regular
0: i mean i think mm-hmm. famitsu is still coming out um, okay you know that's like the most formidable magazine from japan like mm. for the longest time they've been around forever so i'm sure they're still around but it's still got to be like on the decline like how <laughs> <laughs> like the internet the internet killed all that right oh yeah so these websites came in ign GameSpot. these massive websites started taking mm-hmm. over right i remember being on the computer lab in like sixth grade and like this is great i can look all this stuff up about this is amazing And that killed magazines. And now we're at a point in 2022 where those websites are starting to struggle. And content creation, you know, like the stuff that we're doing Mm -hmm. is killing, you know, (laughs) the websites. Don't get me wrong. I think things like IGN and GameSpot, like the major, major websites. Oh, yeah. Will some last, but like the the medium-sized ones are going to disappear. And what you're going to be left with is these giant, massive ones. And then these much smaller things that are like more like what we do, like blogs. So we have a blog, um, you know, creating videos for YouTube, creating podcasts. Mm-hmm. This is really where we're at as far as now goes. And that doesn't mean to say that this is going to stay. It can change again. Something else might come out in a few years and this might all be dead. I don't see that happening anytime soon, but it's certainly possible
1: that's true that's true anything is possible i mean what we say now give it five years we blink and then that'll be replaced with something else
0: i mean the the next big thing in my opinion would probably be virtual reality where you know twitch is probably closer to that because you're like live streaming or interacting with people mm-hmm. but just to put on a headset and you feel like you're in the same room with somebody else like i could put instead of me and you talking through cameras right now We would just both put on the headset and we would be in the same room.
1: Same room. (laughs) And
0: we'd be recording our, our show together. Like that's probably where we're headed.
1: Interesting to see.
0: Yeah. But the content just, you know, just, just think about how fast everything changed, right? You had next to nothing during Atari. Then you had, you know, probably fanzines and stuff coming out then. Mm. Then you had magazines. Then you had the internet, And you still have, like, fanzines and stuff, you know, lingering around now. Then you have content creators and influencers that are making stuff like we make. And none of it's guaranteed. None of it. Obviously, if you look at the history, it's all changed over time. It's Mm -hmm. going to continue to change. And the only people that are going to last are the ones that change with it. And You're starting to see, if you watch, like, videos on some of the bigger websites now, they look more like YouTube videos because... The very smart and you know YouTube channels that are outstanding have done things like created thumbnails that that sell their products well and things like that, and you're seeing like those major companies do that now just to get the views, but it's coming off like a little cheap just because it's like you're a huge company. <laughs> Why are you doing this? Yeah. because they want the views too you know the last thing I wanted to mention is. G4. Just because it's in the news recently, and this kind of fits what we just talked about, right? G4 came out early 2000s, I would say. Like 2001, 2002. I don't have the exact date, but it was the early 2000s. And it was really cool because there was nothing like it.
1: It was. It was all a channel dedicated to nothing but video games.
0: Right. Now think about when this was. Pre-smartphone, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Pre-YouTube. It was a different world back then. And then they died. You know, as things like, you know, major websites and YouTube started covering content differently. They started making their own videos and started really competing with G4. And G4 went away. Then they came back. Like a year or two ago. Yeah. Yeah, Two years ago was, like, the unofficial comeback. One year ago was, like, the official comeback. And here we are. Yeah, I don't think it's even been a full year. And they canceled G4 again. Like, completely killed it. <laughs> like, why? Do you know? Yeah, the views. The amount of money they put into it and what they mm-hmm. were getting out of it was not equal. Millions of dollars put in. And not even doing close to what some of the bigger YouTubers do. They got some, like, you know, subscribers and like people watching their content and stuff just Mm -hmm. because people remembered what G4 was. Right. For the most part, they, you know, what they got was a nostalgic audience that remembered what they were that went back to them. And they probably got next to no new audience at all because no one knew who the hell they were. Do you think somebody who was like a baby back then <laughs> would give a crap about what G4 was doing now?
1: No, definitely not. You probably right. not what it is.
0: Especially when they come off of this, you know, they come, they come off because they are a major corporation. Comcast owned G4. Yep. They put millions of dollars into it. People don't want to see that now. They want to see smaller operations. They want to see people that, you know, they can actually interact with. They want to see people that are in a smaller community. They don't want these massive websites or or organizations making the stuff and trying to sell it to you as it being like, you know, more more of what you're used to. This is what we're used to now. Not that. You're bringing back what was there before, which does, didn't fit then and doesn't fit now. <laughs> so what are you doing? Oh,
1: man. I, I love G4 back in the day. Like when it originally okay. launched, it was great. It, I remember... One show I can't remember the name of it but it was all it, I think it was called game trailers it
0: was all about like, game trailers machinima and, i believe was that it um machinima or machinima tech or something like that there, there i know what show you're talking about I think mm-hmm. it's one of those names
1: yeah it just it just showed you know it was a half an hour show and they just showed like five or six game trailers of stuff coming out it was it was great i love that no, they had Attack of the Show. They had Attack of the you know, Show was
0: great. X Play used to be great back then. X
1: Play was great. I mean, it was, you know, it was, and it was all about games. But it, it, it kind of, I, I think when with the return of G Four, it kind of became like MTV. Like MTV used to play music videos. MTV don't play no music videos anymore. <laughs> it's like G Four. It should have been about games, and it kind of was like about everything else but games
0: yeah it ended up only being like a few shows about games and it was like you know it was hard for them to retain an audience so they started putting out other stuff like you'd be like watching x-play and then there'd be like a rerun of cops like oh that's weird weird." and then you'd be like watching you know attack of the show and it's like oh ninja warrior with dubs in english (laughs) okay I mean, the show was interesting, but it's like, (laughs) they didn't have enough content to support what they wanted to do, and when they came back, the correct thing to do would have been to start off on a smaller scale, and try to grow it from there, instead of just, here's hundreds of employees, here's a gigantic office space, here's multi-million dollars of overhead. What did you think was going to (laughs) happen? Like if they started it small and grew it they might have been okay but to go from zero to 60 in such a short amount of time doesn't make any sense
1: oh g4 i guess it'll be another 20 years and we'll see a revival again
0: i watched a little bit of their content but even then it was like it feels like somewhere in the middle it's like you guys are trying to be more like down to earth with stuff but it's also like kind of having like that g4 taste left in your mouth and you're done. It's like, yeah, <laughs> that was kind of weird. but All right. <laughs> like, it didn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And I guess that's why it's not here. Yeah. Oh, well. But I do wish all those people who lost their jobs, you know, good fortunes and I hope they find a path. And I'm sure some of them are okay already, but.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure a lot of the hosts had huge following. So, yeah, Hopefully, it'll be okay.
0: Definitely. Many of the people behind the scenes are probably going to have to look for new jobs, though. So, those people, I feel more for. The editors and cameramen and mm. whoever else they have. All right, guys. So, that has been this edition of the Enthusiast Gaming Podcast. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, please consider going and supporting us over on Patreon, patreon.com, slash You can support us for as little as $1 a month. Make sure you guys follow us over on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all those things. Like and subscribe on YouTube, please. Um, give us a five-star rating on podcast services, uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And finally, Wes, if people want to follow you, where can they do so?
1: You can follow me on Instagram at Grendel5XBX.
0: And you guys can follow me at FromNJ2CA. The two is the number two over on Twitter. Thank you for joining us this episode. We hope you have a great rest of your day. And until next time, you guys take care.
1: Have a good one, guys.